also a laser beam. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Future Prairie Radio. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth. I work with artists and activists inspired by the future. And on this podcast, we'll be sharing futurist perspectives from painters, engineers, designers, filmmakers, musicians, politicians, writers, and more. Come with us to explore the culture of the future and hear the latest news from the front lines of art, science, and technology. Welcome to the Future Prairie. I'm excited to introduce you to our first guest, artist Portia Munson. In a certain way, we as individuals are responsible for our future. Portia's been working with photography, painting, sculpture, and installation since the early 90s when she showed at the New Museum of Contemporary Art in New York. She's best known for her pink installations. She collects and arranges thousands of discarded pink plastic items. You walk up to her work and you're just met with this overwhelming mass of pink in all its shades. Uh, Mostly it's toys for girls. It comments on many things, waste, gender, femininity. We'll have links to pictures of her art in the notes for this show. Portia's had dozens of solo shows and major installations all across the United States, including Color Forms at Massachusetts MoCA in 2011, a piece for the New York Metro Transit Authority's subway in 2015, and a hanging piece for the Albany New York Airport in 2016. She lives and teaches in New York. But right now, she's having a show called Flood at Disjecta, which is a contemporary art space and a gallery in North Portland, Oregon. Flood is also a massive installation of collected plastic, but this is of a different kind. Everything in the exhibit is blue. Portia went around and got permission from local recycling agencies to actually go through their trash and (laughs) collect all the blue items. It took her a long time. Flood is the result of that work. She scanned every item of blue plastic that she found, big or small. She plays a running video of those images above the waves of her installation piece. It's quite beautiful, and it's going to be up until March. So if you're in the area, definitely check it out. I hosted Portia for a drink, and I spoke with her about her show. Here she's talking about how she made Flood. I had a month-long residency at C3 Initiative in St. John's, Portland, and um, spent the month going around to Goodwills and to recology and just collecting, collecting used, found blue plastic. And the idea is I'm thinking about how much plastic we all use and also how plastic is marketed and color coded. And um, that blue plastic is often used to sell things that have a relationship to water. So I've collected things sort of thinking about that. And the show at Disjecta is basically showing all of these blue plastic things. Some, a lot of them are like kind of used and feel sort of useless now. And I'm trying to make something, a piece that's very both beautiful and also kind of a little bit yucky, repulsive, but also, um, speaks to our sort of over use and frivolous use of plastic. And I'm arranging the blue plastic in shades of blue so that hopefully it'll kind of have the effect of water and look like water when you look at it. And I'm kind of thinking of all of the thousands of blue plastic pieces that are in this exhibition. The room is quite large, the the gallery, 
as uh, standing in for all the other th thousands or millions of other blue plastic pieces that are just like them out in the world. Um, so that's the main piece in the exhibition. There are two other pieces. <clears throat> One is a, is a projected video piece that are, that's made up of hundreds of scans of blue plastic. I've scanned every single piece of plastic that blue plastic that I've found while I've been in Portland um, and then put them all together so that it's like this sort of continuous loop of these um, kind of somewhat mysterious images of blue plastic. And that piece is called The Contents of a Whale's Belly. And I'm thinking about also just like this ridiculous, like, where is this? Why do we need this plastic? Where is it going? What are we doing to our planet, to ourselves? Um, and then the last piece is a smaller piece into vitrines. It's sort of a, a collection of the blue plastic. I've taken ones out that seem kind of a little more iconic pieces, like a like a blue um, phone charger or a blue curler or a blue plastic uh, fish um, bottle opener, all kinds of things like that. And that piece is called Future Fossils. And I like to, when I'm doing this kind of work, believe that plastic is going to end. Who knew there was a love, love like this before? My grandfather was born at the, in um, 1898. My grandmother was born in 1903. And when they were children, there wasn't plastic. Like, we didn't really have plastic. Mm -hmm. they, the world didn't have it. They, my, my grandfather also was before cars, even. You know, it was like the world has just changed so much in this just a little over 100 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like we're living in a plastic age and that we can't possibly continue on the way that we are. And I'm hoping that we're kind of at peak plastic right now mm -hmm. and that there's going to be this mind shift and this shift that's going to start happening where we're going to start using less plastic. And I think about um, the, the strata, the layers of the earth. And I think about this as being like, right now we're creating this thin plastic layer on the earth. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm kind of like to believe that it's really a temporary thing. The plastic is flooding our lives and it's also one of the things that's affecting the climate change. It's one of the things that's helping cause flooding. Mm -hmm. But I love the idea of taking a real mundane thing. And it's, it's most exciting when it's really mundane and something I maybe found in the gutter on the mm -hmm. side of the street. And then I'm able to translate it into making it something that's beautiful and sort of high art. So I'm kind of, um, I'm trying to make something beautiful that at the same time is like, you know, sort of sticking your face in this thing that's trash. Do you want to describe for anybody who's never seen your pink works, what those collections are like? Yeah. So I first started collect, well, I, I've sort of always collected pink plastic and pink stuff. Um, but what, when I was young, 18, 19 in undergraduate school uh, in New York at Cooper Union, I was making paintings and I was collecting pink plastic to use as the, the object for my paintings. And 
I later went on to graduate school and as I, and I continued collecting the pink plastic more and more and more. And eventually I had so much pink plastic that I was collecting. I was kind of almost like hoarding pink plastic and painting some things from it, but just had a huge pile of it. I realized that it was actually a piece itself because mm-hmm. there was so much of it and it had a kind of a strong presence. And, um, so my first piece was, I called it Pink Project Table. For my graduate thesis at Rutgers, I made a, that piece, Pink Project Table, and it was really thousands of pink plastic objects that I had collected. And I just collected anything that was pink plastic, anything. And so I, I started arranging them in categories. So it was like categories of combs, you know, and there are like hundreds of different pink plastic combs and hair clips and hair brushes. And I, I felt like I was a little bit, being a little bit of a scientist artist, like collecting all of these things. And I, as a young woman at the time, was really trying to figure out like, who am I as defined and being defined in relation to these plastic objects that are pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really interesting to lay them all out. They were I would lay them out, and it's a piece that I have shown again and again. It's it's a very large table, maybe 14 feet long, 8 feet wide, normal table height with a pink plastic skirt around it. And then there are thousands of pink plastic objects that are all arranged on the tabletop very carefully, orderly arranged in groups of categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and like all the toys are together with all the faces of the toys facing out, all the Valentines are together. Um, all the pink dildos are together. All the um, guns are, well, their guns are kind of with the dildos. Sex, sex toys, dog toys, beauty products, cleaning products, the hairbrushes and the combs. Also really interesting what things are made in pink because I collected anything. Like I think I do have a bottle of um, car polish that comes in a pink bottle, mm-hmm. but there are very, very few sort of male things that come in pink plastic. And so that was kind of really fascinating. So it's, I discovered through doing this that it's beauty products, cleaning products, uh, toys for little girls, dog toys. You can often buy the same exact toy, just slight different, you know, labeling for little girls and for puppies it's quite powerful when it's all together Mm -hmm. it becomes really kind of strong and normally when you see pink plastic unless you're walking down like the toy aisle in a store there's just like little pieces of it out there it's not all pulled together and so sort of amassed in this way and laid out when you see maybe one pink thing by itself it seems oh that's innocuous that's Mm -hmm. cute and Mm harmless but when I personally witnessed some of your And I've only seen mostly pictures. I haven't seen a lot of them Mm -hmm. in person. But um, when I witnessed your pink um, art pieces, it was almost more disconcerting. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a pleasant reaction. Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh, no. (laughs) This this is really something. Yeah, I feel like I've been been tricked. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. So is that, do you want people to walk away from your flood exhibit with a similar feeling or I, I I guess I just hope in general that my work makes people think like makes them think a little bit more and maybe um maybe a little more 
deeply about it than they would have otherwise. I feel like having conversations and making work that makes people question what they're doing, question how they're using things. Like just the intern who was helping me work on this, she started like really thinking about plastic in general so much more than she ever had. You know, like she, when she came back from getting um, coffee today, she was like saying, well, I, she was sort of apologizing for getting the plastic top on top of the coffee. You know, (laughs) she said she had to really think about it. And I was like, that's great to like, think about it. Being faced with our own reality can be so moving. And like from that, maybe could come more action than mm-hmm. if you just tell somebody facts mm-hmm. like, oh, did you know the ocean's polluted and mm-hmm. whales are eating all these things and it's changing our hormones? Well, mm-hmm. it, that can be a bit overwhelming. Like, well, what am I going to do about that? Right. Mm-hmm. Especially when you take something like a blue pen cap and you blow it up to the size of a wall and make mm-hmm. somebody really stand there and look at this blue pen cap. It's going to exist mm-hmm. longer than any of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, is this what you wanted? Who knew I could be I remember going into the art class and making something maybe at the beginning of like first grade and I was just like oh, I am an artist I'm going to be an artist and I have a really clear memory of that wow. from the time I was like really little like wow. that that's who I was and that's what I was going to do and I always feel so grateful that I always that I knew that from such a young age and that I still feel that way I'm 56 I have so much more work I want to make for the rest of my life, whether however long it is, I'm going to be making art and commenting on what I'm observing in the world around me. I would hope that there would be a kind of equality, an equality of beings, so that um, that it would almost be like the law or just accepted that I have just as much as many rights as the tree outside or the pigeon, or, you know, that there would be much more of an equality and a respect for the natural world and that we wouldn't see ourselves as separate and as higher than these other beings and that there would be a real, a real equality. I feel like there's so much to be learned and so much kind of communication and importance in relation to our connection to nature. There's something really different about being barefoot and naked and walking across a field and through a forest. My first experience with a computer was when I was probably close to 30, you know, and I hadn't experienced really computers or I don't know, I was, I was you know, older. And um, I remember being really annoyed with it. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe some fucking guy who thinks in this way designed this whole thing to be like this. I get super excited hearing about the kinds of communications that are going on between plants and trees and these really probably like incredibly sophisticated kinds of communications and other things that are going on that we all 
could be more tapped into mm-hmm. and that we could be much more aware of, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe, maybe these kinds of, you know, iPhones and things, maybe they're shutting off information and communication mm-hmm. that's really important. I've made a couple of pieces that I think of as time capsules, and I've made a made and with plastic and thinking about it as imagining the end of plastic. That someday this would be a really amazing museum piece to have this like box of this all this pink plastic. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. we get to look back at it and be like, "Thank yeah. goodness, that's not happening anymore." <laughs> I found your last name. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can each choose to um, be really rich in what we have, not monetarily, Mm -hmm. but in what our life is, in our relationships, in what we're choosing to purchase, what we're not purchasing. You know, like those kinds of simple things can have a huge impact on the future. And I get really excited when I see someone talking about how they're having they're going for like zero waste Mm -hmm. you know like that's super exciting like how do you do that like that's really and to every time you go into the supermarket or every time you buy something to think about how much plastic am I buying Mm -hmm. you know I'm buying this like container of like local beautiful perfect organic whatever yogurt that's just like the perfect thing but it's in a plastic container Mm -hmm. you know so you're buying that you know it's like we have to be all aware of that and be like no I'm gonna decide to not buy that one I'm gonna buy the one that's in the glass Mm -hmm. or I'm gonna you know Mm -hmm. I'm gonna like to just have these different sort of or make my yeah yeah so and also just in terms of like beauty I think beauty is super important for humans Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to Um, make your life beautiful, to look at things that are beautiful, to have color, to have flowers, like to have, to like let yourself really experience being alive in a beautiful way. Like that's really, really important. If you'd like to see Portia's show, it's at Disjecta in St. John's, Portland, Oregon. Here's the curator in residence, Julia Greenway, talking a bit more about it. The address is 8371 North Interstate Avenue. Wonderful. And it's free? It's free, always free. Gallery hours are Friday through Sunday from 12 to 5, and the exhibition is up through March 4th. Julia is a curator originally from Detroit, Michigan. She now runs a gallery in Seattle. Julia is the one who commissioned this beautiful piece from Portia, and we're grateful for her time and energy spent doing so. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Feel free to drop us a line if you have any questions or comments. My email address is joni at futureprairie.com. That's J-O-N-I at futureprairie.com. You can see more of Portia's work at portiamunson.com. That's P-O-R-T-I-A-M-U-N-S-O-N.com. Our music for this show was by the Whitworth Family Band, Allegra Behave, and Houston Person. Future Prairie Radio is sponsored by Weebly, a web hosting service with an easy drag-and-drop website builder. Weebly makes it easy to create websites, blogs, and online stores. Over 40 million people use Weebly to turn their passion into a paycheck. 
Find out more and get 20% off your website or online store at weebly.com forward slash future prairie.